0: everyone, and welcome to Fashion Decipher. My name is Sean Williams, and today we are adding a new designer to our designer thread. You may or you may not know him. Um, his name is Edmund Newton. Um, he has appeared on such, uh, so many fashion and reality shows, such as uh, Project Runway, Fashion Star, um, I think also Project Runway All-Star, and we are sitting down with him and speaking to him about his career and what got him into fashion. Edmund, how are you? I am well. How are you doing? Good. Very good. Do you want to give like, you know, um, the audience just some background and how you got into fashion a little bit about like, you know, your, your bio and your, you know, where you grew up and what made you turn to the world of fashion?
1: Oh, wow. Okay. So that would take up the entire time on the interview (laughs) if we did that. So (laughs) instead of going full throttle, 100, we'll start and give a little bit of insight. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually, discovered or was able to be introduced to fashion at a very young age, you know, the more I look back at it, you know, and I'd say like literally really young, you know, at the age of maybe seven or eight or something to that nature. But it wasn't until um, a little later in life that I acquired all or a lot of the elements that I would need to go along and come along as far as I have on my journey. Um, I mean, even from the creativity element of this, you know, I think it was second grade, art class was the very first interest that was just something that was so special in my world and in my life, you know, as far as um, young school days. And throughout, you know, elementary, on up, middle school, um, junior high school, high school, college, art has always been that go-to for me and that was something that, you know, stayed in my world. So leaving um, school, of course, by that time, I had a sense of direction that I wanted to definitely go into fashion by that time I had gotten my foot in the door via modeling um you know and that was something that I needed to get the experience of but that I knew that that wasn't somewhere that I wanted to be as far as in front of the camera but again you know throughout my journey I've always wanted to utilize all experience and gather as much information behind the scenes in front of the scenes the business side the creative side all elements uh, manufactured production, whole, anything that I can gather to obtain the ultimate vision that I had, which was launching my very own fashion design house, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and where we are today, you know, moving from that point after taking a huge step to uh, come outside my world that I had created uh, back in my hometown where I, where I had established um, a few different businesses. One of them being um, a master barber stylist. You know, I had clientele and I was doing really well, but um, I knew that my fashion world needed to grow more. I I had outgrown the area that I was in, Mm -hmm. so I wanted to ultimately take a step here in Atlanta, and doing that is where I opened up and created my very first design studio.
0: That's amazing. And And that was yeah. It takes, uh, it takes a lot of courage, you know, personally speaking from my own experience to do that. Cause I know l- l- reading your bio, it says you're from the Carolinas, like you're originally from South Carolina.
1: Okay. So let me, let me get that part clear. Cause I've had a few <laughs> interviews where I've been asked that. And uh-huh.
0: on one side, my mom was like,
1: you went, you weren't born here. You was born in Ohio. Okay. So I was <laughs> born in Ohio. Right. right. And then I, my upbringing, a large portion of my upbringing was in Carolina. Previous interviews, I've stated that I was, from Carolina and didn't Mm -hmm. mention Ohio or Ohio, but again, I was born in Ohio, raised Mm -hmm. in Carolina. Um, So I have that country boy element from the Midwest and experience of travels throughout the city as well.
0: Okay, that's great. Both of my parents are from the Carolinas, but I was born and raised in New York. So I definitely, yeah, North Carolina. So I definitely understand that. Yeah. Okay. So I definitely understand that. Like, how does, um, like you said, like the country boy element help you with your fashion? Like, do you, you know, bring any inspiration from like nature? Because the nature in the South is really beautiful. Do you bring any of that into your work?
1: I do. Oh, I bring so much of that into my work that is ridiculous because. Uh, you know, like I say, I grew up in the South. So that means from a youngster of uh, elementary school age, you know, my, the way I explain to people when I go different places is like the neighborhood that I grew up in was pretty much our whole entire, like a street. There was aunts, uncles, uh, family members on opposite sides of a rural area road, you know, and, you know, other people that were family members that people grew up with. So, but it was a small area, but Beyond that was like trees and exploration and, and and we had creeks and we had ponds and we had wildlife, like all this was around. So we had the freedom to just roam all day long. Mm-hmm. So we would go out, my cousins and I and friends or whoever, Throughout the day, you know, and be in the woods all day long. So we're seeing things like squirrels and possums and snakes, and we're out there with our BB guns and we've got bow and arrows and stuff like that. And following the creek, trying to find the cliff or the cave that's underground. I mean, it was just like this whole Huckleberry Finn type vibe of just exploration. So all of those things, nature-wise, I'm connected to, and I am hugely and and you know greatly inspired by not only there but everywhere. So. Um, Starting my menswear collection, um, Noir Soul menswear, largely a part of the outdoor element, whether it's the country life, whether it's the wildlife, whether it's exotic life with furs and skins and leathers or pieces of animal prints incorporated are large elements of animal prints incorporated. That's like a whole wildlife kingdom that I am inspired by that I can take those prints that are normally associated with um, women's wear sometime and incorporate them to a men's wear world in a masculine element and still gives you that field of outdoors. So to answer your question, yes, I am so hugely inspired by um, the outdoors and the environment.
0: That's a that's amazing, and I, and I know that's key. I mean, do you feel that? Um, because I know most designers have like a muse. You know, I know Issa Laurent had a muse. I know Tom Ford has had several muses. Do you do you feel like what is your muse, Edmund? Like, is there something that inspires you um, to design the way that you do? Is there is there someone that you design for when you you have someone in mind when you design women's wear or men's wear?
1: yes, I do um and it's it's it starts at the top, I think it's like to be honest with you, like a pyramid type effect mm-hmm. because um there are different departments of my design house, you know, but starting at the top, um I would definitely say the the men'swear and the balance to that men'swear would be I have my muses in my mind, but I'm also heavily inspired by, like, um, music icons of the 70s, 80s, 90s, and now. But ultimately, you know, from a child growing up, it would be my mother and the way that she uh, dressed and styled and the lifestyle and her world, you know, for the feminine side. and, And on the masculine side, it would be my father. The sense of style and just how he was so unique in whatever he did. But it was just so natural to him. He was that dude that like every woman wanted to be with and every dude wanted to be like, or idolize, or be best friends with. It's just just all around cool dude. So I would say starting at the top of the pyramid, it would definitely be that. Now, next in line following suit to um, that special lady, it would be Whitney Houston. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is like, when I first saw that woman on television, that was my, I, f- I fell in love. And that was my first celebrity crush, you know, <laughs> singing You Give Good Love. And like, she was singing that to me, you feel me? <laughs> so, <laughs> and seeing her and her beauty, the sound, the vocal element, just, just the class and the sophistication that she, you know, exuded in that moment, I think that was something that i forever visualized in her. And I would incorporate that into a lot, if, you know, all of my, if not all of my collections, some portion of that, whether it be just the presence that is set, you know, with her gracing the stage or even with the interview, but -hmm. also having that flip side to where, okay, now I know you, you don't do it. I right, the, the Newark, because the too. Newark comes out, that yeah, Newark, that, New Jersey. Yes, that part. <laughs> that yeah, part. absolutely, so, I <laughs> so moving on down the pyramid chain, I mean, there were a lot and are a lot of people that have really, really influenced me, be it on the scene of music, be it on the scene of fashion. I'm inspired by a range of people. I mean, I, I, I greatly appreciate um, the 70s era, some of the 60s, most of the 70s, a little bit of the 80s, um, in the sense of Studio 54, uh, all of those people and those unique individuals from Jerry Hall to like um, Grace Jones, um, Diana Ross, like just just hearing the stories of how these people partied and lived and knew each other. And there was just like this huge element of just creativity and and, and unity to a degree too in that yeah. time. So it's like all of those things, but to start, you know, as far as the top of the pyramid, it would be definitely my mom and my father.
0: Definitely. I, do, I totally understand that. I mean, I get a lot of my fashion inspiration from my mother um, and the way she dressed growing up. Um, watching her get dressed and, you know, my parents would go out to like Broadway and, you know, seeing her get dressed up was such a, you know, a, for me, a treat. Yes. Um, you yes. know, I will also say the 80s. Yes. I agree with you, Edmund, on that. I mean, you know, I know looking at your post, you know, Halston is a favorite of yours as well as mine um yes. just the way he designed the sensuality of it you know using ultrasuede Um, as well as him also putting Elsa Peretti for Tiffany's on the map. She designed for him first before she went to Tiffany's. So, like, I love her creativity as well. So I agree with you, the 80s, for me, even when it comes to the art scene, you know, you spoke about art as well. I mean, you have Basquiat, you have Keith Haring,
1: you have Julia
0: Bonnell. Like, you know, there are so many great 80s, you know, uh, connections with art and fashion. So, yeah, that decade definitely had a lot going on when it comes to creativity. So I agree with you 100% there. (laughs)
1: okay all right Um, you.
0: you know like talking about like when you say you start so after you decide that you know this is who i'm pulling from whether it's my mom whether it's Whitney Houston whether it's from the 80s You know, when you're planning out a season, you know, like, how do you go about it? Because I know a lot of designers, you know, historically speaking, go for certain periods, like you said, like the 80s. Do you go for Pantone colors, like the colors of the season? Do you look at trend forecasting? You know, like, what are the things or the elements that you use to create your line, you know, depending if it's spring, summer, or fall, winter?
1: I I do not follow the trends nor the Pantone colors. Um, Actually, I would probably, if I realize what they were going to be, stay away from it. That's just, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, to each their own. And I know there's a, you know, said, this is how you do it. But the one thing that I discovered a long time ago is that if I'm creating my world, I have to create my world and do what works for me in my world, in my house. And this is my house. So I don't have to follow the Pantone colors. You know, I I don't have to follow the trends. I can, we don't, you know, I don't, I can set a trend. I can create a trend you know um so my the start of my inspiration l- a lot of the time comes from music and when i say music it's the feeling it's the energy and what i do is i'll listen to music and translate that or attempt to you know transform that into fashion so awesome. that's largely where the the start of the beginning of the collection comes from mm-hmm. um or it can be something because I'm inspired by literally everything. It could be something that just really hits me as far as if I'm outside and I'm riding I see the architecture design of a business, a building. I used to not really pay a whole lot of attention to the architectural design element of buildings until I think Merlene helped me to really Stop and pay attention to that. See, I was looking at the sky and the animals and the birds and the trees and 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 if it's snowing or if it's raining, you know, but hearing her talk about that so much, you know, it really made me look at the design structure. And being in Atlanta, we have a beautiful like uh city. You know, as far as the buildings and the images and, you know, the way the light cash behind and just all that, what has gone into designing those structures and they're, they're, they're building now, they're building new, they're not, you know, buildings that have been there forever. So, you know, it's a lot of different things that go into it. But if I had to start with one, it definitely would be the music. And then, you know, just the experience that I can inject into the collection to give that to the audience. Uh, I... Put a lot into you know what I do, and it's a feeling that I want the people to have and embody, if only for just you know those moments that the models are on the runway, or that the show is taking place, or whatever it may be. I want you to just clock out of the world for just a second and come into the world of its design and appreciate whatever it is that's, that's being given from this piece, you know, in this moment because it's all good.
0: Uh Definitely. Okay. So you say music is you a part of your inspiration to create. Um, What genres of music, you know, do you listen to? Is it, is it, I know you mentioned like hip hop, is it also rock? Is it soul? Is it, you know, jazz? Is it different? You know, are you very eclectic when it comes to music or is there only certain, you know, music genres that you like more?
1: It's everything you just said and then some, (laughs) I listen to, listen, rap, trap, country, rock, hip hop, old school, new school, classical, like it's music is like the universal language. So I just feel it, you know, uh, and, and and if I like it and enjoy it, that's, that's what I gravitate to. You know, it's not like say, well, just put this on because, you know, it's, it's a feeling that comes along with those um, sounds. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's something that I grew up you know, um, with and around constantly because my father was a musician. So Mm -hmm. we had instruments and stuff in the house, but we also had, as I'm sure you did, too, in your home record players with lots and lots and lots and lots of records and albums and the amazing covers of all these people that you had never seen before, you had heard, but you know, given the opportunity when you were old enough to reach up and look at an album cover and they show you this is this group or this person, this song that you've been listening to for this amount
0: of time, these are the people who sing it. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, listen, album covers, um, first, my father tries to get rid of his collection, and I'm like, absolutely not. Um <laughs> no, I want my that. dad, I want my dad's records. Yeah, like that's not <laughs> happening. Like, don't sell that. Um, <laughs> when you look back at those album covers, I don't know if this was a thing for you. Like, looking at looking at Al Green's album cover where he has like his shirt yes. off, and the, you know, like the style the, for out in the like, field. Right? Yes, so, you know what yes. I mean? that's like, what I'm talking so was, about. Like the style and like how they position themselves. Like it just had so much creativity. Or you think about um, Sparkle. You know the one that Curtis Mayfield did, and she he works exclusively with Aretha Franklin. Um, Aretha Franklin's album covers, where she has like you know the the white and like it's glowing um, turban on, like this. So many great album cover looks. I can't even lie. So I definitely get I get you on that totally. (laughs)
1: Yes. yes. Um, I, I I love the fact that you real you recognize that and have an appreciation and can just reference that that quickly like that because you are so right there's so many greats that you know we can go on and on and on from from teddy pendergrass to marvin Gaye yeah. to diana ross to even the groups sos band uh
0: the hell like funkadelic all like, across I, the board yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, especially marvin Gaye with the red uh like you know hat when he rolled up on the. come on absolutely <laughs> and so, let's not forget you know, barry white like a whole move yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 that part. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Absolutely. So I agree with you on that. Um, I spoke earlier about you appearing on um, fashion shows. And, you know, you appeared on Fashion Star um, and Project Runaway season 14. You know, has appearing on these shows helped give you a new perspective towards fashion? Like, has it uh, changed the way you view the process um, differently since being on those shows? Um,
1: I would say so. And the reason why, it gave me like a boost of uh, elements that go on in the world that I may have been introduced to on a certain level, and then also on another level. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know... It introduced me or being, you know, dealing with those companies, NBC Fashion Star, you know, which is network television and then Project Runway, Project Runway All Stars, which is cable, you know, but they've had huge budgets behind, you know, what they were doing. Mm -hmm. So prior to that, you know, I had worked on and, and began the process of building my own fashion company from my resources friends, families, angel investors, you know, all of those those things, you know, sweat, blood, tears, the whole nine, you know, but going there, there were huge budgets and people of a profession with huge um, or lots of experience in that fashion world, working with professional manufacturers, working with, um, you know, the high-end designers or whatever it may be. So we were able to if you chose to also acquire that information and that knowledge and experience in, in dealing with them, we were able to go to the fabric store and select exactly what we want. Or we were able to just take the time to solely focus on nothing but the garment that needs to be produced in order to be showcased in the, the best light, on the best platform, with the best stage, with the best models, with the best stylists and the best makeup artists and hairdressers and all of these things. So. Rather than, you know, uh, as an independent designer having to worry about all of those things yourself, they were provided for you and you just gave the sense of direction for your vision. So Mm -hmm. it really helped tremendously to just allow you to do nothing but focus. But it also gave me the experience of having my items mass produced and put into, you know, stores, you know, um, nationwide. And people go purchase it, you know, um, off the rack. It gave me the opportunity to come into the homes of America on television and introduce them to my world of fashion and what it is that I do and i create and what I am building, you know, and also just the association with those huge brands like that. It just gives you a platform to do whatever it is that you choose to do moving forward. And for that, I greatly appreciate
0: that. Yeah, I definitely respect that. I mean, I'll have to tell you, Edmund, watching uh, the season 14 Project Runway uh, show, um, I'm going to tell you that I had (laughs) trauma flashbacks on episode three (laughs) when you were working in the group project with uh, Hamio Yang and okay. you, you right, you guys couldn't communicate. I cannot even tell you how much to be in group projects it gives me anxiety when either, <laughs> ha- like the other person doesn't do what they're supposed, and we've all been through that. The other person doesn't yes. do what they're supposed to do and you're like, oh my God, we're gonna fail. Like, you know what I mean? Like when in those communications, it's so funny because you grow up thinking like, okay, I'm never going through this. Like when we all grow up, it's gonna be different. And it's not, you know, those same people grow up being difficult and you get to like work and you have to do these projects. So I'll just say that they gave me severe anxiety <laughs> watching <laughs> like you trying to communicate with her, and you're like, "Okay, what we doing? Talk to me. What we doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, you? And, and, yeah, you know, it was like at one point in time, I had
1: to kind of like question myself. Like maybe it's you know, because I, I like to take myself out of it, and and it's not about me. It's about finishing the project, doing what we need to do. And I'm like, well, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm not uh phrasing things correctly, or maybe." I'm not, you know, com- you know, compromising on what's going on. So let me just hand it to you and then you tell me where we need to go and it was it was just not working out and I saw that it was it wasn't going in a in a good direction. Mm-hmm. You know, but you don't give up. You still try to, you know, make it the best that you can be but you just vocalize what you feel strongly about and what you don't. And coming from a world of Uh, I was laughing when you were were, uh, talking earlier as far as like getting anxiety and dealing with groups and stuff or whatever because one of the things I was um, joking with uh, someone with about the other day, I said, you know, I don't work well with others. Well, in actuality, I do. Mm -hmm. You know, but that's just a joke that you say is like a defense mechanism not to have to deal with people directly. Right. Because (laughs) I have a, (laughs) a, you know, I have a team. I have a great, I have a wonderful team who is like there, you know, which is my X-Men. You know, and beyond that, I have people that, you know, at the drop of a dime when needed also come aboard and support. But there's a a main core number of five of us. And when we work, we come in and we hit and make everything happen. And then we go. You know, we work as a team. It's like a hand. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. like you're built. You're, you're folding your fist. That's how well we work together. And, you know, everybody makes executive decisions. Every there's no, no certain like uh, labels or titles or this is the assistant or this is the, the the model coach or this is that. No, we come in. We all do what we do. We make it run efficiently like a like a well-oiled engine or you know piece of machinery that people love it gravitate towards and the product is there and then we out like we don't do all that other crazy stuff you know um shout out to my team (laughs) but um yeah when in that moment i was like what is really going on so i said just you know just do what it is that you can to make the best of the situation and um you see the outcome
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know it's so true that you say that and it's very um I have to commend you, but you know, because it is your label. And a lot of times what happens with people, and I think this, I don't know her, you know, and I don't know if this is what she was struggling with um, from that episode, but a lot of times when you deal with ego, um, you know, having control is part of the problem. Um, you know, for you to say that you have your, you know, you, these brands are, you know, Edmund Newton's designs are of course you, but you're, you respect your team enough to make those decisions. When you have a support group like that, I mean, I can't tell you how uh, important that is, you know, if you're trying to venture off by yourself. So if anybody's trying to be an entrepreneur that listens to this, like that support group is key. I can't even stress that enough. Yes.
1: Yes. I, I cannot either, because I have to say that, you know, if it were not for my team, you know, I don't think that I will would have gotten as far as I have in this amount of time, you know, um, without them. I mean, they're, they're hardcore, they believe in the brand, they believe in the house, you know, and we've done some amazing things and we're looking to do some more amazing things, you know, once this whole COVID situation is out of the way, or we find a way to live around it and get back to, you know, traveling, doing shows, doing photo shoots, um, all of those good things.
0: No, that's definitely amazing. I I will have to say, I mean, being on both those shows, like, do you think, like, what is the hardest thing that you, I mean, it could have been the, the group project thing, but what is one of the hardest thing that you had to learn about yourself? You know, because I mean, it's a key as a person, you know, especially when you're trying to, you know, have a great spiritual growth, and you know, as I was saying before, controlling the ego is an issue with everybody. You know, I mean, you have to be a little narcissistic to think that you're going to make it in the world. Everyone has a little bit of it, but you don't want it to be at this umpteenth power that you are alienating people. But what is like the hardest thing that you had to realize yourself realize about yourself on these shows that you're like, okay, this I have to work on. You know what I mean? Like, is there anything that you realize? Um. Y- yes,
1: and a lot of it actually I would say were things that I had to realize prior to going on the show. Mm. Um, Not saying that I did not discover anything on the show that I need to work on, Or, you know, maybe a little different than the way that other people, you know, may handle the situation or not. But what I can speak on is the fact of, you know, that was a long process of getting to those shows. Those shows didn't fall into my lap just because I, you know, moved to Atlanta. Those were things that I had to sacrifice and focus. Um, Back then, trying to get on the shows, I was social distancing and quarantining before that was a thing. Like, Mm -hmm. so this whole thing now is not anything new to me. I was doing that then. It's just that phrase and terminology that people are using now for that. I didn't say that what it was, you know, Mm -hmm. I was just focused on building my brand. Every dollar that I would make, you know, would go to reinvesting into my house, you know, uh, purchasing fabrics, um, the materials and items that are needed, you know, uh, dress forms and mannequins, Um, teaching myself, Because uh, in the beginning, I I wasn't able to afford, you know, someone to do graphics, you know, for me. But yet and still, you need something that was eye capturing, some type of visuals for advertisement purposes, whether it be, you know, online, whether it be a flyer, whether it be a business card, whatever it is, you have to make sure that you have something that gives some type of visual interpretation of your brand and who you are. Because what I also realize is that, you know, um, people can prejudge uh the way something is if you just give them the verbal or one visual aspect of it in regards to that time of it being introduced to them Mm -hmm. and i say that you know to say that like you know a lot of times people say "Well, what are you doing next or what are you working on this i can show you better than i can tell you because the time it would take for me to try to tell you you probably and you know with all due respect not saying you but whomever you're not gonna get it because mm-hmm. it's still in the development process. So me trying to explain to you how it's gonna be, it takes up so much time. Let me do it and just let me show it to you. That's right. that's how it's gonna work over here, you know. And I feel that that works best for me. Someone else, that might be a different story. But you know that whole quarantine, social distance thing, it's it's is something that you know I was doing then because I had to focus to get to where I needed. So um, going full circle back to your question at hand in regards to some of the things that I needed to work on. I know initially one of the things that held me back, I feel, from getting on the show was that I wasn't comfortable in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. And when I say comfortable in front of the camera, even during my modeling days, you know, it was like, okay, picture, picture, then go. You know, I, I, I you know, have done some photography work myself and and capture other people, but I I know what they feel being in front of that camera. So I give them a sense of direction and tell them what needs to be done. But when someone sticks a video camera in your face and then you're doing something that is so you're so passionate about, meaning the fashion design element, like you have to understand um, I've always had a studio or atelier, but it's it's limited to the people that are allowed to actually see my process of me working, designing, creating how to do it, you know, how I do it. Um, there were people that have known me many, many moons, and they had not seen me work. They've seen what I've done, what I start, or, you know, how passionate I am about it. I start with this fabric, and then you see it again, and it's completed. It's a gown, It's a it's a suit, it's a for whatever this that the third of the accessories jewelry, whatever I design and create, but the actual process in between between that's kind of like, you know, going back to the reference of music letting someone into your, your sound studio like there's only certain Energies or people or vibes that you allow in that place because that's a whole nother, you know, time and space that you create in and everyone, you know, is not necessarily worthy of being there during that time. So opening up that world to a camera and not only a camera to the homes of America, you know, where people just watching what you do, how you do it, whether it be how excited you are about something or, you know, whether it be questioning something or your creative um, process or whatever it may be. I wasn't comfortable with that at first, but I had to learn to get comfortable, and I knew that in order to get on that show, and that's what took me so long, or one of the reasons that took me so long to get on there. Um, I definitely doesn't, don't think, and it may be, but I personally don't think that it was necessarily that they didn't recognize the talent or a talent. I think that, you know, being that it's a show, you have to be comfortable with being in front of a camera at right. that time and allowing the world to see what you do and how you create it.
0: Yeah. That's big. I, you know, I have to, I have to say like, there's, I have a, this talk, this that talks to the ambivert in me. Um, there's times that I want to be social and there's times that I just do not want to be social. So I feel you, like, I just, you know, there's a, I'm very private to a certain degree. And, you know, even to the point that people think it's like ridiculous, they think like I'm on like the most America's most wanted list or something. Yes, <laughs> but,
1: <yes. laughs> They're like, you got
0: bodies, you got bodies somewhere? I yes. had somebody ask me,
1: they was, like, was like, D, you got bodies somewhere? My girl Maria, she's like, do you have bodies somewhere? And I'm like, no, I'm just right now, I'm focused. I can't be distracted. My energy, all of this stuff is distractions right now. And I just want to inject, like really, really quickly about this whole conversation that we're having. Um, and you and I spoke just, you know, very briefly before we started the interview process. But this was something that I actually prepared for, in my mind, in regards to blocking out my time um, for this interview, because I was looking forward to it. Your mm-hmm. your energy of listening to prior interviews that you've done with people, you know, like I say, I, I came across it on Instagram and I checked it out. I was like, okay, this is really dope. And that's when I sent you the message. So when you responded about, uh, you know, asking me to be a guest on the show. I was honored, you know what I'm saying? And in that, you know, again, respecting what you do, the platform that you have, the way you do it, your professionalism, your energy and your excitement. You mm-hmm. know, listen, don't ever lose that. You, Thank baby, you. <laughs> listen, for real, for real, you you need that, not only in what you're doing, but in life. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> so it's true. So don't, lo- don't ever lose that. It's not a lot of people that you find that much energy out of and when you do it's like like souls or whatever um so I was just like looking forward to speaking with you, although we had never vocally, you know, talked. We've talked via texts and emails and things of that nature. I kind of wanted to wait and I hope that, you know, maybe that was your same thought process on it. So when our energies met on the phone, it's, it's, it's genuine, like the people would hear what it is because I sensed that in the beginning. I was like, I'm looking forward to it because there's so much going on in the world right now, mm-hmm. you know, that it's like this is a good distraction for me to just converse with someone who has a, you know, a, a a great love for fashion and all of those things that surround it. Now, no, I'm sorry, you. continue.
0: I think you can
1: say that on the air. Okay.
0: Right. I appreciate that. I really do appreciate that. Speaking of, like, everything that's going on, like, I wanted your opinion, I mean, like, um you know, what do you think about the state of black designers in the industry? I know I went to, um, FIT's exhibit like a couple of years ago for black fashion designers. And I know a lot of people were not happy with, you know, them having to like, kind of like corral all the black fashion designers together at once, instead of showcasing them individually as designers themselves. I know, uh, Cooper, uh, union, um, had an exhibit on Willie Smith, who unfortunately I was not able to go because the shutdown. Um, I did buy the book though, so I still supported. Um, you know, and he was a big designer in the, in the 80s. Um, if anybody doesn't know him specifically, his sister is Tuki Smith. She used to be on like 227. If that helps, or she was married to you know uh, Robert De Niro. Um, if that helps, <laughs> but I mean I would look him up if I was you. If you happen to watch School Days and as a fan of Spike Lee, he did a lot of the clothes for School Days um, in that film. Um, so like, you know, what do you think about, um, black fashion designers and how, like, now I think they're getting the credit they deserve and just like why it took so long. What do you think about that?
1: That's a good question. Uh, both, you know, the fact of, you know, what I feel about it, but also why did it take so long, you know, and that part of why it took so long, we can set on the back burner. If it's here now, let's appreciate it in this moment. Mm -hmm. Let's, you know, support it in this moment. Let's spotlight it in this moment. let's showcase it in this moment. Let's wear it and support it in this moment. Like you know, my take on it a lot of the the independent and most of them let's 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 be real, most of them are independent first generation fashion design houses where you you pretty much going off of uh, a sewing machine that you were given or or what have you, no one was really passed down a legacy or uh, you know no one said, well, we're gonna bring you in. And allow you, you know, to work under me, you know, and be my apprentice and learn how to do French seam hems or or stitching process or right. creating uh, shoulder pads from scratch or building structures for under, you know, uh, ball gowns and stuff like. No one, for the most part, you know, is there to and then say, well, in addition to that, here's, you know. Um, half a million dollars or a million dollars in order to you know start your company on your own and do your thing and branch out and make it be successful so the hard part is the the financing in the very beginning for the most Mm part uh then it's also i think showcasing what your vision is of your house i know me personally that goes back to what The question you asked earlier when you said, well, you know, as far as Pantones, as well as, you know, um, trends, I don't do that because I enjoy my creative process in designing for that woman who is the Edmund Newton woman, Mm -hmm. you know, or the, the, the noir soul menswear man. And that allows me that element and freedom of creativity to do what it is that I want to do. You know, a lot of people I feel don't have necessarily that because if you you come on, like say for instance, let's just say, you know, you come on to Chanel. Chanel has its DNA of its brand of what it is. You can kind of sort of try to go outside the lines just a little bit, you know, but there's only so much that you can do before you flip and change and and create the entire house. And you may lose the whole, um, or the company may feel, you know, the investors, that you are trying to change the whole base you know, which is their foundation and their structure and the people who support and by the yes of that. So, you know, with starting a new house, I personally feel that gives you the freedom and the range to fly and do whatever it is that you choose. And especially when it's something that you're not trying to build off of that someone else has already created. When you, I speak on the Edmund Newton house, it's my experiences. It's how I see the world. It's what I visualize this woman wearing then, now, or in the future. Mm-hmm. I have total creative control over doing that and whatever I feel, you know what, this is the type of bag that she will be carrying in 2025, right. you know, or this is the type of dress that she'll be wearing in 2021, or this is the type of dress that she wore then and we're remixing it, recreating it. And this is a modern interpretation of what, you know, my mother wore back in 85. So, mm-hmm. I say that, you know sometimes let me give you, let me give you a quick another, another scenario or a story. I remember when I first started getting into the business side of fashion, and that's beyond the creative element, as far as you know teaching myself to sew and design and create garments and things. you know, there was a convention that was held twice a year out in Las Vegas called the Magic Show.
0: Yes, I've heard of it.
1: Um, back in the '90s. And well, the late 90s, early 2000. I think the first year that I may have gone was like 2000. But that was when a lot of the hip hop uh, rappers and, you know, that whole culture were, you know, consumed in the fashion element. And I think a lot of people were reaching out to them or as well, they may have attempted to invest their own monies to create brands. So you had everything from the, the creme de la creme at that time was more of your... Um, Sean John, there was more of your fat farm, Carl Canai, the baby fat, Carl Canai, Eniche, that whole nine or whatever. So with those, it was like they wanted to group in the convention center, all of those people together. And I think that Sean John was the first one who really, you know, as far as Puffy, he was one of the ones who kind of rebelled against that and wanted to be, you know, put in another section, you know, in the high end luxury area of whatever, you know, versus where everyone else was. But I say, it takes more to branch out and try to stand out on your own, but just because you're doing that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not for the full cause of everyone coming along because it just means you you wanted to take a different route and way of doing it, mm-hmm. and if you do it and you get there and you come back and you get the ones that may have gone a different route are still there, and you tell them, come on, this is the way, let me show you this way. Now those that will listen, cool, and then there's some that say well I just want to do it my way okay well cool that you know we kind of put it there but I feel that where we are now is a a a good place as designers or black designers simply because there's a acknowledgement and an appreciation for the talent I mean you have you know like Oliver Rouse thing over Balmain you've got all these different people in these Virgil abelo at LV yes mm-hmm. yes so you have all these people that are in these you know higher positions where others can look up to them but you again I feel the independent fashion houses that have, you know, put so many years or more in prior to now, you know, now is that time to shine. And there are so many people that I am aware of that I am actually, you know, associates and friends with that are in the design industry, which normally you probably would think, well, you, I wouldn't think that, you know, a lot of designers would know each other like that. I'm not saying anyone else, I'm just saying me, but I can count, it would take a minimum of both hands to say, how many people that i know that are actual fashion is not black fashion designers and fashion designers in general beyond that is that are you know doing really well uh in what they do now the finance element you know i'm sure sure that fluctuates but that's that's with anything but i say that you know they have invested in this world and that's what i am so um, pleased with when i see and that partially goes back to you know when I recognized your podcast I was like okay this young lady is really passionate about what she's doing and I love the way that she's doing it with the professionalism and the whole nine so um yeah the time is now to shine whatever way that you can but also I hope that it remains, you know, I hope this isn't a trend. I hope okay. this isn't a trend just because we have, you know, Black Lives Matter or we have, you know, the shutdown of the industries overseas and people aren't able to get the fast fashion, which was taking a lot of people out. Like yeah. when the fast fashion came through. It was taking independent fashion houses out, left and right, black, white, whatever it, it you know, because items were quickly being made, mass produced, cheaply, and sold at less cost than, you know, items that are, are made to measure or or whatever it may be, you know? So it, it kind of took money out of a lot of pockets of uh, people that that was their, you know, um, business and industry. You know, so hopefully where we are now with this whole element of, you know, privately made in America or, or starting a lot of that back over here and the appreciation for, you um, black designers you know people can kind of really get into play and see new faces it's like a changing of the guards in regards to okay i didn't know who this person was but they're super talented. beyond everything else i love what they're doing find someone that you like the culture or the energy that their house creates and if it works for you then support that you know there are many different designers and uh, I'm I'm kind of eclectic with my style all across the board. It 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 me personally, I can do anything from a leather coat with a T-shirt and syrup jeans and boots to a tailored suit. And in between, you might catch me with some plaid, uh, plaid on, and some overall. Like it just it is what it is. So mm-hmm. you have your Rick Owens, you have your, you know it's not just necessarily the names that. People automatically go to some people that may um, feel they have an appreciation for fashion go to the the normal names, you know, the top names, you know, and I I think there's a huge spectrum of people that you can select from in addition to that.
0: I agree with you. Um, I totally agree with you um, when you're saying that we hope that it stays now. Um, You know, and there's so many people, you know, like you said, there is so many people for you to, to, to choose from. This is where, like, for me, social media is a gift and a curse. So social media is beautiful when it comes to discovering new people because now everyone has access to a platform that, you know, prior you had to get into Vogue or Harper's Bazaar or Marie Claire that didn't really gear themselves to black designers in any shape form of fashion. But then on the flip side of that you have like you also mentioned uh fast fashion which you know, um, people tend to, instead of buying timeless and classic pieces, tend to buy fast fashion because every Instagram post is a new outfit. So they don't want to spend the money on, you know, timeless or classic pieces. So they're consistently changing out their clothes, which is horrible on the environment. Um, but I do, I do agree with you with that. And I, I definitely hope it's, he- it's here to stay. Um, do you believe, Edmund, um the commitment that the fashion, fashion industry um, promised Black designers and creatives this past summer, you know, the, the commitment that um, Anna Wintour had said for Vogue and how they are trying to um, diversify um, all the, the, the areas inside fashion, which were not, you know, accessible to Black people. Although, you know, most of it is geared from taking from Black culture, you know what I mean? Like, do you believe that this is something that's gonna change? Do you believe it or was it just statements that you believe some, some people have made?
1: OK, let's say this. I would like to believe that this is something that can change or is changing you know, and we're in the process and it won't or will not revert back to what it was prior to. I feel that um, people being placed in different positions you know of power again the changing of the guards reg- in, in into the world and also the fashion world i think there are two you know um places in time that are changing at the same time and we're now speaking versus on the political aspect we're speaking on the fashion aspect i feel that everything from as far back as i can remember has been heavily influenced by black culture and style it's just something that is just it's just the way that, with the rawest of materials or, of almost nothingness, we can take that and turn it into something that's desired. Mm-hmm. You know, but we have to have an appreciation for that. Mm-hmm. We have to have an appreciation for, the hands that crafted it, the mind that visualized it, the whole concept, and the blood, sweat, and tears is was put into it, for it to, you know, come into existence and 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 support it also you know and maybe we need to instead of pointing the finger somewhere else of how you know this person or they or or whomever that magazine didn't do it properly to change it and do it properly because at the end of the day regardless of if you have a business a business is a business is a business so with that business the business has to what generate income correct that's you know great. what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you got, this, you know, <laughs> accounts receivable, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. So with that being said, there are other magazine publications that are out there that I'm sure a lot of them, you know, would like, need and need to be exposed and have that support. I can I can come off the dome with two right now. One Monarch magazine, the other Crave magazine, you know, and just throwing that out there because the love that Crave magazine gave me back in 2000. I think it was my very first interview insert in a magazine publication like it was half a page maybe I still have that page you know why because that was so monumental and so special to me to be showcased in a magazine of the caliber that this particular magazine was and has grown to be now And for them to have an appreciation for my label, you know, to feature me in there, that was like, you know, very special to me later on moving to, you know, um, uh, advertisements in there, where I had the freedom to actually do full-fledged photo shoots and submit to the magazine publication and have full-page advertisement. So... The sport of those magazines are there, too. I mean, Celebrity Covers, the whole nine, they've, they've done it. And, and, and the listeners out there, please check them out. Uh, go to CraveMagazine.net, as well as Monarch Magazine. Monarch Magazine is a magazine that's based, uh, I want to say, out of Washington, D.C., but huge, glossy page magazine that that sits on the shelf and compares with some of the international magazines that are $30 and above you know uh advertisements in it the whole nine uh and it's like these are are people that are needing you know subscription or uh, whatever online however just
0: yeah, like, like
1: push and buy support. Yeah, these brands and even the looks of the people that are on the pages of them. I think that largely, you know, we're talking about the sense of style and how people, you know, are so um, inspired by our culture and stuff. Let's sometimes appreciate our culture and buy in that moment versus it necessarily having to go to uh, the commercial aspect in order for us to appreciate it. That's largely why I so love the, the, the era of the, the 70s and you know over into the 80s because it's like you either were opulence or you took what you had and made it and you you styled it and was so fashionable with it that people they wanted that instead of what that particular look was giving over there that cost so much so it's um it's an energy it's a confidence that is exuded and i think that you know that's something that comes from within our world but it just needs to be appreciated
0: by those throughout i agree i mean the one thing i realized I emin mean, and to your point i the one thing i realize is um i'm a big um coffee table book fashion purchaser um and then too, I was, yeah, I, <laughs> i'm going through the books and i'm looking at them and i'm like i don't there's no black designers. You know what I mean? Like, so it, I, I hope, yeah. I admit, I don't know if this is in your future because um, I definitely would buy it. Um, I don't know if you're looking to do a coffee table fashion book. Um, I honestly think you should. You have some really beautiful pieces uh, as I was going through some of your designs. Um, I would appreciate uh, books from more. Like I said, I bought the Willie Smith. Um, I know there's a few people working on different black uh, fashion designers, but I feel like we need, you know, Diddy should be making a Sean John book like that book should be next to Tom Ford. Like I would buy it. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I shouldn't just have like, um, like I said, like Tom Ford or Anna Sui or Dolce & Gabbana books or, you know, um, East Like it should, I should also have, you know, other fashion designer books. And I, and I've been trying to buy as much as I can, um, you know, when it comes to any designer that of color that, you know, produces a book like I'm on Amazon or Barnes and Noble buying it, you know, cause those books should be among everybody else. So, I mean, I don't know if that's in your yes. future Edmund. if it is, I will definitely buy, <laughs> cause I think okay, that we well, all need to be represented, you know, more in the, in those, uh, you know, situations, cause it's just not enough.
1: I agree. I, I totally agree. We definitely need, need that representation and it done at a certain caliber, you know, just all the way across the board, whereas it's it's like, you know, starting out, you know, in in my world or creating my fashion world or fashion portal, you know, a lot of the photography I initially did myself. Um, And that was just to capture an image. It was to get the experience of, you know, what goes on in my world until I was able to work with some amazing Absolutely amazing photographers, you know, which I still have relations with that, that we relationships with that we will be building something in the future and working on stuff again. As soon as this whole COVID stuff is over, we're ready to get back to work. Mm -hmm. And um, just to give two of those names, one is Leslie Andrews Mm -hmm. and the other is Carlos Jones. And those individuals, their work is I mean, I'm trying to think of a word that would, you know, uh, give it its its proper due, just, you know, but I, I've worked with them since um, somewhat the beginning of my career here in Atlanta, and it has grown and developed, and I've seen their work, you know, come into a, a place where they stand out amongst so many other people. There are a lot of other great photographers, too, but those are two that I definitely would could see myself collaborating with and creating that that coffee table book that you're speaking on and uh we'll 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 let you get that first first one autograph
0: signed and all i'm saying (laughs) we definitely have to do that because i totally would buy it i like i said i definitely uh, you know i realized there was a gap you know, as I was buying these books, I was like, well, I don't have any, there's no black fashion representation. So I totally, I mean, if you do that, please let me know. We would love to have you back to talk about that as well. Um, You know, you spoke about the pandemic and um, Doomer into quarantine, like how how have your uh, plans have changed during this? Like, you know, you guys are still working you said as soon as it's over you're gonna get right back out there you know i know you also had um you did some like i think in vogue university um helping people you know who want to start out with a line um do so would you ever are you doing any of these things virtually like are would you still are you still going ahead with some of your um you know teaching or uh networking events virtually
1: well it's funny you asked that because um two weeks before COVID, uh, I was on a bridge, <laughs> uh, filming something mm-hmm. and, um, a producer of a, uh, talk show came up to me and, you know, was questioning what I was doing or whatever. And, uh, you know, I let him in on what I was doing. Cause I actually was doing a, a film submission for a, um, something that was coming up. So make a long story short, he said, well, I'd like to interview you on my show or whatever. So I was like, cool. So um, I went and did the interview with him or whatever. And shortly thereafter, I was asked, well, do you mind, you know, coming in and and being a guest host for, for, you know, temporarily? So I was like, yeah, cool. You know, it gives me something to do. And that was when we were transitioning over to finding out about this whole COVID thing. So being there gave me an outlet to creatively do what I needed to do as well as grow with experience. Like I said, no matter you know, what I do in life, anything that's going to assist with the growth of my fashion house, my brand or anything, I'm game for it. So I came on as a um, temporary host, and that grew into a co-host. And now the producer of that show actually has opened a film studio. So now I have a whole like another world that I'm able to create for from a digital element. Mm -hmm. And I've been mapping out all of the things that I you know, or my team and I plan to do. Um, And the hold has been kind of like just being safe with everything because, you know, like I said, normally the five of us get together, we knock it out and it's like done. So I'm, I'm working on something now. I won't give too much information on it, but I'm working on something that's really, really exciting. It's powerful. um, And it's going to be a good thing going in the direction of showcasing a lot of talented and creative Individuals, from a fashion perspective.
0: Oh, that's amazing! That is amazing! So, that's good to hear.
1: So, I listen. God, that's God. That's God right there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I agree with that's you because it's me. like you can't. It's like you know. I know my uh, father would always talk about like you know, um, you can't stop water. Water goes through everything. Like you know, when you are determined, um, no matter what type of obstacles come in your way, you're gonna find a way around it.
1: I was gonna say, yeah, you you find a way around it because even you know when COVID did come, you know, or, or, or show its presence or what have you, I had to transition my business because people went from, you know, ordering custom gowns or, you know, whether it be prom gowns or uh, gowns for different, you know, events and stuff that they were partaking. because that world, the world changed and it shifted. And I was like, okay, so what do you do now? And thank God I had, you know, a checklist of things that I could select from. And that's mm-hmm. just how my mind operates you know like literally i had a list of things okay well throw a dart at it and figure out which one you want to do so the one for me which was most important in my mind at that time was spring into action and create masks you know and um i instantly got on it, especially when i got word that a lot of the hospitals and healthcare workers and, and, and frontliners and other people didn't have masks, you know? So I was like, okay, well, what do I do? Like spring into action, start creating them. So I created a prototype, you know, a mask. And one part of me was like, go full throttle with it, get it done. And the other part was like, okay, now you're actually tapping into a world that you think you're familiar with because in my head I think I'm a doctor like anybody around me gets sick I'm like that one that like nurse you back like (laughs) you I'm in the, I'm like boiling uh, garlic and ginger and honey and lemon I'm like drink this eat this you know Mm -hmm. so in my mind I'm thinking I'm a doctor but with these masks it was something different and I didn't want to take a risk of creating something that was not necessarily useful at that point in time so the show that I just spoke to you about it's called old-fashioned health um, and we're on the radio on Thursdays and Fridays. On Thursdays, we, we speak with three doctors and they give us insight, COVID update, health and all that stuff or whatever. And on Fridays, we do like old school music, joke and laugh and some current, you know, events or pop culture type stuff or whatever. So I got the nerve once I created, you know, the prototype to take the mask into the studio, which was the last time that we actually had a guest there in the studio with us, Mm -hmm. which was Dr. Alexander. And I said, hey man, I want you to take a look at something. And I said, I need you to be honest and tell me how you feel about it. So I gave him the prototype. He looked at it. He was like, I mean, this is good. This is nice. I was like, okay, I just wanted your approval on it. He was like, man, you get my approval on it. And and he saw how it was made, you know, and the construction, the quality, the whole nine. And from there, I started creating masks um, pro bono. You know, mm-hmm. my my initial thought process is what it wasn't even about a dollar, to be honest with you. You know, it was just like, what can I do right now? Like spring into action effect or whatever. So it was like just a basic mass is not going to work because. um I knew from a previous situation that a lot of people don't want to put something on their face and mask up or whatever. Even in the job field, like if you work somewhere and they're like, "Okay, you need to wear mask," people, they, as much as they possibly can, they're trying to take it off. So I was like, "Okay, how do I create something that people are going to want, even though they may ne- not necessarily want to wear one if it wasn't of this? How can I make them want to display, showcase, be safe, and put this on their face?" So I started. Custom creating masks for individuals that I knew personally, you know, and buying uh, 100% cotton printed fabrics that would um, accent and 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 go along with their life as far as who they are. So if it's someone who I know they love, you know, gardening and stuff, I would do one out of flowers. Mm-hmm. If it was somebody else I know they were in the in the sports, I would do you know some sports element. Somebody else it was like fashion or somebody else, you know. So now I I had you know, start purchasing all of these different mask materials and just making them and just sending them out and just giving them to people, you know, family members, um, my, my aunts and stuff, you know, I, I sent them masks because I knew it was going to be, you know, hard to get them to adapt to this new way of life of putting this thing on your face. But how can I make them do it? Okay. I know her. She jazzy. She'll wear this if it's a leopard print, you know, so I do a leopard print, you know, for one of my aunts. And I'm like, the other one, okay, she's a little bit more you know, uh, comical in her style and character. So I'll do something, you know, very bold and colorful in hers. So I sent all those out. Um, They loved and appreciate that I sent them to them. Initially, I know they weren't wearing them like I wanted them to. But when the people said, everybody put your mask on, it's time to do this. And they saw people wearing those little paper masks and and filter masks and stuff. See, now they had a luxury item, which is a mask that their nephew or whomever, you know, uh, this fashion designer created and it's like that was like slipping on a fur coat right there you know right. it, was, it was a luxury item versus you know <laughs> there's a difference between um clothing and fashion you know you need a coat for the winter but a luxury item is all the other elements that go along with it it might you know it's it's lined in something or it's trimmed in fur or it's leather with you know all these buttons and whatever it may be for the fashion element or whatever. And they had that and that, that made them, you know, appreciate that even more. So spinning, you know, off on on your question in regards to how did things change for me? I went to full production of creating masks and that went from, okay, you know, issuing them out or giving them out or, and still for every, you know, mask that is, is, is is, um, sold. I still give many away. So in actuality, although I don't list it as a for nonprofit business, um, it's pretty much that because it's it's just you know taking whatever is, is revenue that comes in and just reinvesting that into new materials, creating new stuff and putting it out there. And that company is called Inmask E-N-M-A-S-K-S dot com, for those that are interested in tapping into the website, taking a look at it, and potentially ordering a mask.
0: I love that. I I love that, you know, it's it's very um it's key for anyone who is a creative or a multi-hyphenate um to know when to pivot, uh to know when to um see a challenge or obstacle and get around it. So, I mean, I Edmund, I commend you. You know, like that's big. You don't, you know, cuz some people, I mean, it's been very hard and I'm not looking down on anybody who's going through the quarantine. This is a very weird. 2020 was very weird and it's still kind of weird. Um but I I'll never um you know, like uh discredit people who are struggling, you know, through this, you know, so a lot of people are but you know the people who are finding ways To cope and finding ways to still strive. I commend you as well. So I I think that's a, a wonderful uh, thing that you're doing as part of your project. Um, how can people admin if they want to um, reach out to you um, and to either Um, have you create something I know you had mentioned like special occasion dresses on one of your interviews or wedding dresses um how can people reach out to you to to get you to work you know for them or they can hire you would that be through your website would that be through social media like how do you prefer people to reach out to you
1: um people can reach out to me different ways uh you know, I guess email would be best <laughs> versus uh, <laughs> I think that would probably be better because although it takes some time, sometimes to get back, you know, to, you know, everyone, uh, the social media thing, I, I really don't do a whole lot of social media. I mean, I, I literally have, you know, thousands of pictures of, of of experiences and travels, you know, in and with fashion that I would love to upload and put out there. But to be honest with you, I'm so busy in, you know, still living out all of that, you know, that's hard to just sit down and do that because it, it's it's time consuming. So rather than do that, I'm working on a book and all, you know, a lot of if, you know, not all of them, those pictures will be in the book. It's a, it's a memoir uh, book wow. that I'm currently working. And I have been working on it for some time and I wanted to give myself the deadline of 2020, mm-hmm. you know, But, you know, being that, again, I'm still living in that moment, and it's a work in progress, I have to respect its time that it needs in order for it versus rushing it out there and just putting it out there. So I definitely feel that when it's released, that those that, you know, have heard a portion or witnessed a portion experience, been there with me on this journey or whatever it may be, will definitely be be very... excited about the book and its 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 story you know because um it's it's a world that you know has been created and it, the only way to really truly know what all took place is to hear it come from me So that's something that, you know, I'm working on. But as far as getting in contact with me, people can send me an email at style, S-T-Y-L-E, at edmondnewton.com. And that's E-D-M-O-N-D, N-E-W-T-O-N.com. That is also the website. Um, Please reach out, send an email. All of my uh, social media tags are at edmondnewton. And that is spelled with the O, -O E-D-M-O-N-D, N-E-W-T-O-N. And uh, yeah, just reach out and you know, let me know what, you, what you're what you working on. You know, we, we are in a time where we aren't actually dealing directly with clients, but if it's something that we can create and make and send through the mail or do some type of vir- virtual consultation and get it to you, then great. But we'll also be l- launching a um, store soon where you can just buy some of the ready-to-wear items that have been designed in-house and just purchase it online so that you can uh, live in that world and that lifestyle that we created, that brand Edmund
0: Newton. I love that. I mean, do you think, Edmund, um, when, and you know, everything is back to hopefully back to normal as um, the vaccines roll out? Um, do you think you would do a pop up shop in different cities? Like if you would come back to New York to do a pop up shop here? Um, would do you see anything like that in your future um, with your fans that you've made, have made um, in New York City when you were on Project Runway?
1: Yes, definitely. I i am so ready to get back out there in the world and and feel that energy to me you know whether it be a pop-up shop or a fashion show or whatever it may be um if you kind of translate it into like being a musical artist that's like concert world tour type five you know and when you're there around the people you feel that energy and that frequency of that love and i so appreciate and shout out to all my ed lovers out there that um, have supported, you know, in whatever shape, form, and or fashion that they have over the years, through the years and to the years, you know, because without you and that love and support and energy, you know, it that's what helps keeps me motivated to, you know, do the things that I do and the appreciation for what has been created. So yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to getting back out there. My team and I, we've been able to travel, Uh, A lot of places, you know, and we're looking to travel many more, you know, throughout the world. Um, Fashion has a lot of me uh, 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 just amazing travels. I mean, Bermuda, Bahamas, uh, Mexico, um, New York, LA, like spending time there. you like, through whatever it may be and meeting you know amazing people of other cultures in fashion and not in fashion it's a beautiful thing and I'm really looking forward to getting back to that and um yeah getting back in the eyes of people and putting garments in in there to where they can access them you know access them and, and buy and purchase and live in them and feel that energy
0: yeah, I definitely love that. And I look forward to what's next for you. I mean, I'm looking forward to this book. I am hoping that um, I pushed along the idea of you doing a coffee table book. <laughs> I mean, not yes, yes, yes. that, but I hope you are, because I would love to add that. Okay. Um, it has been a pleasure talking to you, Edmund. Um, you know, just really you have a great energy as well. Great spirit. Um, and I just look forward to everything else that you, you bring to fashion. You know, and like I said, once this book, this memoir is out, I definitely would like to have you back. Yes
1: yeah you gotta listen you've gotta push it when I release it. I know you will, but I'm you know just, will. I'm just stating this you know push it and just get it out there because it's it's not a vanity project because if it was, it would be done right. this is something that um you know living have lived, and I foresee myself living and I'm putting it into stories so this is this is my testimony, and normally you know in the past, it was not necessarily something that i I'd speak on, you know, but um one of my friends, you know, probably maybe 10, 12 years ago now, I said, dude, you got to speak on that. This is your testimony. This is, these are the blessings that God has put in your world to be able to showcase that light and let them know with what's going on. There's so many other things that if you incorporate, you know, him and her into your world that, you know, can come into fruition. So you got to speak on it. And you know, since then I've been really like jotting down and journaling a lot of things um, even now because the, the first book is pretty much it's pretty much done. There's just a few images that I need because being visual, I know when I was younger, um, books were cool, but it definitely had to be something that I'm interested in. So mm-hmm. what would interest me if it wasn't so much as this like interesting at that time with the visuals. So, you know, back in the day there was some, books in school, there really weren't a whole lot of pictures, but whenever we got to a picture, it was like, okay, I could come up with so many different scenarios, or my imagination would just run wild with that imagery that goes along with the story versus just reading the story,
0: right? right yeah. totally. so they, they're the
1: you. they're the receipts <laughs> you know how they say show me the receipts right. these are the receipts right here
0: <laughs> <laughs> i love that i love that emin and i just want to say thank you so much for reaching out that that time and then me inviting you to be on the show and you graciously saying yes um i you know really thank do appreciate you, you coming on fashion decipher and we look forward to everything that you do going forward awesome thank you so much thank you sean you keep welcome. doing
1: what you're doing
0: All right. <laughs> i definitely will thank you All right. Goodbye. guys it's sean make sure you visit our website fashiondecipher.com, to get a visual on what we're talking to you about check out pics from events of guest speakers and exhibits if you miss anything we post you can visit our archives page also while you're there hit that subscribe button leave your email and if you like a comment tell us what you think or what you would want to hear on an upcoming episode don't forget to follow and friend fashion decipher on social media check out what we're up to speak with you next week